What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And it's myself, Raj, again, doing another summer scouting session. And today we're going to be talking about tight ends. And I'm joined once again by Andy Moore. Now, Andy, we're all, we're together on the receiving podcast. So obviously good transition to tight end podcast as well. And um, yeah, how do you think this class is looking this year compared to previous years? I mean, I think this is one of the better tight end classes we've had in a few years, actually. There's quite a lot of names. And when I was like doing my top five, there's was, was a couple of notable ones that I've left out. Um, so I'll get onto that in a bit, I guess. But um, they're just, there's just so, so many to choose from that, you know, it, it's going to be a good year, basically. And I'm looking forward to see where all these kind of guys go in the draft. Because unlike Kyle Pitts, I don't think there's a guy that's like, you know, hands and feet above everybody else in terms of ability. Um, but there's a lot of, like strong, good, not great guys who could become great players uh, this year with a bit of a bit of development. So yeah, excited to see who you've got, man. Completely agree. There's a lot of depth in this year's tight end class, and um, we're going to do it the same format as as the previous summer scouting. So we're going to go through our top five, and then we're going to go through our overhyped and under the radar prospects. So Andy, do you want to kick us off on who's your number five? Yeah, mate, I'll start in my uh, very familiar ACC and I'll go with uh, James Mitchell from Virginia Tech. 6'3", 255, uh, junior, very versatile, kind of one of these guys that can play like halfback, uh, lines up in the backfield occasionally, lines out, lines about wide as the predominant receiver at times and also in the slot. Uh, very reliable receiver comes up big on third down which for me is like the tight end's job is like third and five I want your I want the ball in my hands of a tight end and moving the chains along nice and easily quite quick after the catch for, for a guy of his size and we'll probably touch on this a fair bit throughout the podcast but the best thing about being a tight end for me is just the kind of long strides they've all got and you kind of as soon as they get a bit of open space and you see that big guy going you kind of like whoop in and holler and you're like go on get down the field and James Mitchell's that guy um really hard to bring down as well very like thick in his legs and difficult to wrap up and get there um like I'm not really seeing that whole lot of him uh, in terms of inline blocking, but as a run blocker, he gets out in front really well, uses that little bit of pace to kind of get out in front of the runner and clear clear paths for him. So quite quite positive in that front. I say inline blocking is a weakness for me. I think uh, a couple of these guys, I'm going to mention them, receiver first, tight ends. Mitchell's definitely that sort of guy and, and obviously just needs to work a bit on the uh, inline blocking. Right running, it's, it's you know, quite... Good for a tight end, I think, but could definitely be improved. Not very much burst coming out of his, his routes, but also the way he kind of shifts his weight round is quite difficult for um, the kind of corners or whoever's covering him to, to latch on as he kind of makes the target space very small. And if the quarterback feeds it in there, there's no way that the, the man covering him is coming down a bit whatsoever. But that also speaks to needing to create a bit more separation not really seeing much in his game, which is yelling, oh, great, he's going to make loads of space and come down and, and, and make the catch. But when he does get in the open field, like I've said, loads of loads of pace and, and really adds on stuff after the catch. So, yeah, that's my first guy, mate, James Mitchell, Virginia Tech. 
Yeah, I had James Mitchell as my number seven, and um, I can't really disagree with anything that you said. It basically took the words out of my mouth. So um, as he's not in my top five, I don't need to put, don't need to, uh, <laughs> don't need to talk about him because you've done the work for me. But this guy might be in your top five. Let's see. It's number my number five is Josh Wiley from Cincinnati. Six six two three five. Now, so being a Dolphins fan, my instant comp for him was Mike Gusecki. Uh, same, fr- similar frame, lean frame, uh, similar height. Now he's a, he's a pure receiving tight end. That is blocking. You might as well forget about it. His lean frame doesn't really sort of help towards that. But he's got great hands, and he's really athletic, and his catch radius is is he's got a massive catch radius and that really transpires in the red zone um, where he is Desmond Ritter's best friend <laughs> in that Cincinnati team. And uh, just, he's got the speed. He's got, he's got the long stride for a six, six guy. Um, and if any team drafting him, he's just going to be a, a, a possession receiver and, and just forget about the blocking. Don't do what Adam Gaze did to Mike Wysicki and say, right, learn how to block. Just purely be, a, a receiving tight end and that's it and yeah obviously that's the reason why he, I don't think he can be bumped up higher than five for me because he is just one faceted but in what he does well he is he is very good at and he's lucky that obviously Desmond Ridder's back this year and you can see that tandem working hand in hand again um, to hopefully propel Desmond Ridder into the first round conversation as well Yeah expecting big things this year actually and and so much hype around Cincinnati this year that he's, he's such a key part of it. I'm not going to lie, I've not got him in my top five. Um, so again, I won't go too much beyond what you've said, but for me, definitely kind of, a lot of these guys are obviously red zone threats. It's, it just comes with the territory, but um, he's just incredibly dominant in there. And the kind of, I, I quite like the the way he breaks out of his routes in the red zone. Don't see it a lot on the rest of the field, but he, he's kind of obviously practised that a lot and a lot. And, you, and that's what I've seen. I've, I've been doing a lot of reading on Cincinnati in terms of what they're preparing for this season and the kind of main thing that they've got underlined everywhere is red zone offence. So expect to see him featured even more than last year. Exactly. Uh, that's what you want to see in a tight end, a quarterback's best friend in the red zone. So if he that that will get him some draft buds for sure if, if he can continue that, that trade. Um, who's your number four? It's um, another receiving tight end, actually, uh, out of Utah, and that is Brant Keithy. Um, this guy's like, I don't really know why he's designated as a tight end, but he is, so we're going to roll with it. 6'2", 230 pounds, junior. I mean, he's just a, just a mismatch as a tight end. He's incredibly quick. Um, it's like watching a uh, slot receiver that's just been stood, been sat on the bench all day doing, uh, doing whatever he needs to do, his weights to improve his upper body strength, because he's absolutely ripped. He's, he's, I've seen him in literally. I did a bit of scouting earlier today. He's in my, he's always been as my one of my top five guys, and I've spoken about him on our um Pat 12 preview. But I watched him again today. I, in a five minute like period, he played running back, he played uh man in motion to go and get the ball, he played in the slot, played on the outside, and he played as a um a pass as a rusher in a, spe- in a special team uh, situation. So this guy does everything and we've talked a lot about versatility. We're going to talk a lot about versatility again today. We did in the wide receiver podcast. This guy is the definition of it, but in terms of like his abilities, his pass catching is fantastic. Yards after the catch is crazy as well. Give him a bit of space and he's gone. He's um, 
it's incredibly difficult to, to bring down if you're going for your feet or leg tackles because of the kind of elusivity he, uh, he's got. In terms of what he needs to improve, the obvious is the blocking. He's very much a receiver. You put a 6-2 guy at the end of the line and it looks incredibly um, suspect in terms of blocking. So, yeah, don't expect that much from him there again. And there's not a lot of tape in terms of contested catch stuff just because he's so open every time he catches the ball. And that is all to do with his speed. Obviously, that wouldn't continue at the NFL level, but still, still expect him to get a lot of kind of passes uh, a lot of pass catching stats if he is if he does go to the next level just because of how kind of elusive he is as a, as a slot receiver. There you go, mate. Prank Keithy. Well, I haven't done any tape on him because I saw the six foot two and I thought, right, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking is he a tight ender? Is he a wide receiver? Is he a, 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 a slot? I don't I, I just don't know. But um so I haven't done much tape on him, but you piped out so much that I I'll, I'll go and, it's fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll go and watch. But um, my number four is Kate Otten from uh, Washington, 6'5", 240. Uh, studied the tape versus Utah. Um, he uses his length well, um, and his ball tracking ability is very good. Um, and for a man that size, his play speed is faster than, obviously, his, his size and, and, and weight. So that's what I like to see. If it was someone like that you don't want them to be cumbersome you want you want their play speed to be fast and sort of in and out of breaks and, and making sure that that sort of it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb to be sort of a like a, a lazy tight end he's a red zone threat which obviously with that size that's what you want and he's got a large catch radius and he's able to generate yards after the catch but he's not super fast so you don't expect him to take it to the house he'll get you that extra four, five, six yards to move the chains, which is which is what you want as a quarterback to have someone in there to just continue to move the chains. Um, what I would like to see more is a bit of smoothness in his hips, in and out of breaks. Uh, obviously, a man with that size, uh, sort of at 240 6'5", can be difficult, but it's something he can work on um, and maybe put on another 10 pounds as well, total with his blocking, uh, just, just so he can just um, be, he's a good blocker, but to elevate him to that dual threat tight end um, as a blocker and a and a receiver, I think that would that would really help him. But um, I like Kate Otten. Um, uh, watch the Utah tape; it's it's, it's really good tape, and um, yeah, just uh, a solid solid tight end. If you're watching Utah tape, you can't watch Utah on offense as well. That's that's what it's all about. Um, no, but I've got I had Otten as my uh, number three. So first guy we've both got. Um, and incredibly good player. I really like him. I think he's your archetypal uh, tight end. I think he's going to transition really well to the NFL. Um, very strong hands. Um, the two things that you pulled out in terms of improvements I've got as well, upper body strength in terms of blocking. Um, and I've also got um, developed the route tree a bit as well. It's quite uh, one-dimensional in that Huskies offense. So uh, we'll, we'll see how he goes. But but yeah, mate, that was my number three. Um don't know whether you want to plow straight on with your number three, man. Yeah, so my number three is uh, Austin Stoner from um, Oklahoma. So I watched the Texas Tech tape and the Iowa State tape. So 6'6", 262. So obviously if we compare to Kate Otten, that extra 20 pounds, you can see it makes a difference, especially in the blocking. Um, but don't let that fool you in terms of how athletic he is for a man that size. Um, really, really good in, in terms of he's got a high catch radius, and his ball skills are really, really high. He's really smooth in his ball tracking in terms of able to turn his hips and really locate the ball. Um, and obviously in that Oklahoma offense where Spencer Rattler really tries to extend the plays, 
you need someone with that sort of fluidity to to sort of be nimble within trying to find spaces within between the linebackers and the safeties and and also go vertical as well. Uh, and we've seen that especially uh, against Texas Tech where he's got really good sort of really good ball skills. Um, and he uses his body really well as well. Like with a man that size, you you want someone that sort of where uh, secondary, the uh, secondary linebackers aren't able to sort of go through him and and sort of punch the ball out or 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 sort of get in front of him. He uses his body and his stick frame really well to really make himself a presence um, when he's catching the football. So yeah, no, it's um, I really like him, and we're probably going to see a lot more of him this year with Oklahoma consensus within our top four of our rankings um like Kate Otten it's again I would like him to improve his fluidity as with we may talk about one other guy later on where that is the peak fluidity of, of what I want to see in a tight end so that's something that he can improve um and his blocking it's it's good but it can be better with the guy that size um so I think that they, they would be the two areas that I would focus on and and as well, just being a, um, possibly a, a better red zone threat. There aren't there there isn't that much tape of him being a, a, a sort of a, a go-to guy for Rattler, but probably because that offense is so loaded and then the running game is so efficient in that in that offense that there probably doesn't need to be a red zone threat. But I would like to see a bit more of that in his game. Where do you see his kind of like draft um, ceiling, mate? Because I've I've got him as one in my top ten. I haven't got him in my top five, but um, and I think that was just because I, I don't expect to see a whole lot of like extra production this year at all. If you see what I mean, obviously, like you just mentioned, that offense is stacked. So, where do you reckon his ceiling is in terms of draft stuff? So, I reckon probably late day two is probably his ceiling, and that's probably because of the depth of this class. There isn't a a standout like you said of Carl Pitts, but there's a lot of depth, and I think obviously, well. Unless you're the Chicago Bears, you might take like five tight ends in the first five <laughs> rounds. But but um, but yeah, I can see him probably late day two as a ceiling. Again, he's just a solid dual threat tight end that we've seen over the previous years. Those guys such as Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, those guys fall in the third, fourth round and they can do it all. And those are the guys that ultimately, well, Kittle's a fifth, uh, fifth rounder. Those guys ultimately are the ones that tend to perform in, in the league. Yeah, they're just matchup nightmares, aren't they? They kind of sometimes their athleticism doesn't blow you off the table, but it's so like the, the with the league becoming more of a speed league, the kind of defenses are building up to like to play that speed guys, and that just makes these guys that we're talking about now so valuable because they can just beat them in the air. They can they're just matchup nightmares, and and the red zone it's it's so difficult to defend them. So yeah, I, I completely get on board with what you said, mate. Um, shall I move on to my number two? Who's your number two? Number two is Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, who we talked about a bit on our Pac-12 preview. Um, six foot four, 245 pounds, red shirt junior. Um, I think is arguably the best pass catcher in this in this uh, class in terms of tight ends. Very, very secure hands, and I've, I've watched him uh, make so many game-changing plays for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's like my underrated quarterback. If I was on your quarterback episode, it'd be my underrated quarterback, mate. So, um, anyway, the the funny thing about watching Dulcich is how much they use him as like a seam threat. It's so funny because I was watching him and I was just thinking every kind of game I was watching, I was thinking, God, they, they get him to run that seam route a lot, don't they? And, and 
and then I think I've watched I watched four games uh, over the last kind of couple of weeks, and every one of them he scored a touchdown down the seam where it's just like <laughs> takes off. I'm just thinking it's so obvious. Like if I was calling this defense, I'd just stop him kind of knock him off his stride, but straight down the seam, uh, takes the ball on the top of the defense, and he's got the pace to convert that into a touchdown. So he's a real threat in that in that sort of aspect as well. Really good run blocker. A um, bit like I said earlier about Mitchell gets out in front of his uh, in front of his man and kind of shifts that makes the path very easy to traverse for the for the running back, and I think Dulcich is going to be one of those guys who's shown so much development in 2020 that it can only and that's going to be quite scary for for college defenses, especially in the Pac-12 where the defensive side of the ball isn't always fantastic. Um, in terms of improvements, catching the ball away from the body brings it into his chest fantastically, catches it in the basket fantastically. Just want to see him reaching up there and grabbing a couple more over defensive backs' heads and also balance when pass blocking um, kind of gets knocked off balance by a, a good solid punch to the chest. So just needs to step up if he's going to be um, a dual threat guy, as you've just alluded to with a couple of the other guys. So, yeah, Greg Dulcich, um, I think Lee's quite high on him as well. Definitely worth a watch and um, just seems like a really cool down-to-earth guy as well, which I get, you probably get a lot in uh, out in LA. So, yeah, go and watch his tape. Well, I haven't watched much of his tape. He's not in my top five and it's, it's really interesting. I think we're going to have very different guys <laughs> in our top fives. Um, but I will go and watch some more more tape. Um, obviously, the Pac-12 now is, it's, we're going to get a full sample size this year. So, he's, those skills that you're talking about of what he's got and what he needs to develop and defense is cottoning on to a seam threat. Like we're going to see if, if defenses do cotton onto it, what else has he got? Um, but I'll watch some tape on him and I'll see if he, if he is the, the second best tight end, like you've got. So, uh, interesting. Just before you jump on to the next one, I find it quite interesting in terms of like size, really. Like, I mean, we all kind of like the archetypal tight ends, but it's quite like the guys that kind of mix in the middle, the ones that have got like almost as tall as, as the big guys, but not quite. And they're just a little bit lighter. Those are the kind of guys that excite me because they can in theory do both. And they've got, and depending on who they're, who their offensive coordinator or tight end coaches, they can either stick where they are or put that weight on and become the, the kind of better blocker. So yeah, that's uh, just a really interesting point I'm picking up on so far. Yeah, no, just, just to add to that as well, we know the NFL is going towards this uh, safety high, uh, hybrid linebacker kind of role. You look at like the Deion Joneses, you look at the uh, Carl Duggars, you look at um, uh, who's the guy at um, Carolina, completely forgotten. Uh, and, uh, well, Jamal Adams as well. Those kind of guys, like, that's why I'm I'm leaning towards the bigger guys because it doesn't matter if you're 6'2 and... and got athleticism if you've got a six five six six guy with that that larger frame i think they they could be the guys that maybe take that step forward where the nfl's try to combat these more speedy tight ends and these speedy sort of, um, slot receivers as well so we shall see now going on to speed my number two is general billingsley now this is purely on what i expect this year now in our wide receiver podcast, we ended on John Mechie and him being the wide receiver one. Now, do not be surprised if Jaleel Billingsley is the the reception monster in the Alabama offense, in the Bill O'Brien offense. He's 6'4", 230, but 
the comparisons are there that can he do what Kyle Pitts did last year? Now, he's not the same build as Kyle Pitts. He's a lot leaner, but he is as athletic and he's got that high catch radius. And he's so fluid. He's the most fluid tight end out of all of these guys. Like the way he uh, breaks in and out of his routes, that just is once once he catches the ball, his yards after the catch and his speed it is he's just super athletic and such a fluid mover. If he can add 15, 10, 10 15 more pounds to his frame, because he, he's a serviceable, serviceable blocker, like Carl Pitts was a serviceable blocker. He, he, he did his job. It wasn't the bells and whistles. It was just, it was adequate. But you make the most of his of his receiving threat. Now, I think he will be Bryce Young's go-to favourite weapon, his, his comfort blanket, like we talked about Desmond Ridder earlier. And yeah, if he just had 10, 15 more pounds, he could be a first-round guy. I can see the, the, the production isn't there yet. We saw plays against Florida. We saw plays against LSU where you just you had little snippets, but because that receiving call was so, so loaded, there wasn't that reliance on the tight end in the last couple of years. But I think in Bill O'Brien's offense, I think that's going to change. And do not be surprised if, if we get sort of an 800-yard, eight-touchdown season from Billingsley. Mate, I was waiting for him to come up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, knew, I knew he was coming up for you. Um, my question for you would be, do you think he is as good now as Irv Smith was just before Irv Smith like, came out? So I was so high on Irv Smith. But I'm not really that high on Billingsley. I think it's because of the kind of, I'm not, you know, he's obviously not had a whole lot of production, that sort of stuff yet. But what, what do you reckon as a prospect, you're more, more into Billingsley than you were with Irv Smith at the same sort of time? Well, I think with Billingsley, I think everyone's going to be really interested in what Carl Pitts does this year. And, and if with what he does, that could be the prototypical tight end that could be the future of the NFL, that hybrid wide receiver tight end kind of guy. And I think Billingsley's that just he's explosive, that bit more explosive. We just we just don't have as much tape there to judge that yet. And that's why it's basically it's it's a punt on the fact, well, it's not a punt because he has shown against Florida and LSC that he, he's, 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 got, he's got the raw materials, but it's just that we just need to see a full season of tape to make sure that, yeah, Alabama have had OJ Howard as well, who, who, who is probably, I would compare him more to with less, with less of a, um, obviously he's not as, as thick as OJ Howard, but he's got the athleticism of OJ Howard. I would probably lean towards more OJ Howard than Irv Smith, but yeah, the, the athleticism just just screams out screams out to me, and again, it's going to be so interesting whether he can take some elite for Carl Pitts in his final season. I spoke well. That's a solid shout, and I actually quite like the shout of him being like the the kind of reception monster on that uh, Bauer offense. I've kind of been looking at it again for sort of fantasy purposes to kind of work out where the value is there, and um, I've taken Billingsley a couple of times, but. Um, that's a good shout. I've I've been kind of thinking that James and Williams might become the target hog, hog but um, yeah, interesting. Like the point. Right. Who's your number one? I reckon we've probably got the same guy, but I'm not sure. Uh, Jalen Widermeyer, uh, Texas A&M. No? Not no. Even five. Mate, what are you doing? No, no, no. Jalen Widermeyer. Go on. He's my over, he's my overhype guy. So this is... Go on. Let, let, let's, let, let's hear you... Uh, Charm, Jalen Widermeyer, come on. Best uh, tight end in this class for me by quite a long way. Um, 
and uh, I'm sure that overhype is probably fairly true as well. But that still doesn't stop me thinking he's the best guy in the class. Fantastic receiver. I love watching him in traffic. He's the kind of guy that you just rely on, come down with the ball, um, and is a kind of real red zone threat. High points the ball really well as that six foot five, um, two fifty five frame should allow you to do, but also makes acrobatic catches. The amount of times I've kind of you watch it on a Saturday and, and the Texas A&M highlight comes on and it's why am I coming down with a, an acrobatic catch in the, in the end zone is unreal. Like I just think he's going to be a real transition guy to the NFL and be a real nightmare straight away for for defenses. Lots of blocking experience. They've they've not been scared of putting him in line to kind of do that doesn't mean that he's fantastic at it and that's one of the improvement points I've got is um, technique when blocking the other improvement point I've got from his quarterback awareness which we've not mentioned yet but obviously uh, as you've kind of alluded to these guys can be uh, comfort blankets for quarterbacks and you need them to work back with the quarterback's eyes if their kind of play breaks down a couple of bits of tape I've been watching where he's running his route and he's having a great time he's beating his man but the quarterback's on the other side of the field you're like probably come back to the ball now mate but can't knock him I think he's a fantastic receiver I think he's a real matchup nightmare so yeah go on tell me why he's overhyped then mate right first of all his blocking his run blocking is is <laughs> poor it is for a guy that size 6'5 250 odd pounds it's bad. Now, you would expect it to be better. So, all right, if you're not a good blocker, how's your receiving? Now, I'm not going to deny in traffic, he's got great hands. He's, 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 he knows how to use his body. But, you know, I was talking about play speed earlier. His play speed is slow. It takes him so long to get to that top speed. And his top speed isn't quick compared to the, to the other tight ends. And... He's not he's he's not fluid. Now I was talking about fluidity with Billingsley, like in and out of routes, uh, sort of down the seam. Like I just he's not fluid, and no denying his hands are great and he, he's good up the seam. But I just he, he's cumbersome. Like he plays slow and yeah. Obviously, last year with Kellamon, Kellamon being a dual threat quarterback, you're completely right. You, you sometimes saw him on, on on blocking plays where he is just literally out on his own. Like, what are you doing? But I think there's a, there's a lot of improvement there that's needed, and he's not that athletic sort of that athletic freak that I think the NFL now is craving. See, that's exactly how I've described the guy that I've got down as over, overrated, but we'll come to that in a minute. But I don't know what it is. I'm just all in on him. I think, he, like, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and the, I just think the kind of, I guess it's probably the show-stopping sort of players which draw me in, and I really like those, and they are quite frequent. But I can kind of see what you mean in terms of the basic fundamentals of every down blocking and stuff like that. I, I think the NFL like him. I think he's one of those guys that fits the kind of, stereotypical build and it's got better hands than your average uh, average tight end so someone in the NFL is going to go this is a fantastic project for me and I'm going to make him into a top tight end that projection like really works for me as well but I just really like watching him come down with the ball in the corner of the end zone like on tiptoes or wherever it just makes it just does it for him mate so I'm going to I'm going to stand by I'm going to stand by it uh, I, I hear you out though don't get me wrong um, we're, we're not going to fall out about this rod but at the end of the season I reckon why am I going to go higher than whoever your top guy is. Go on, hit me with it. Well, every Saturday, that WhatsApp chat is going to be, <laughs> literally, we're both going to be watching A&M games and thinking, right, <laughs> come on, 
come in, Widermeyer, let's see what you can do. Right. <laughs> I think it could be the opposite here of, of obviously the Widermeyer conversation with my top guy, Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you, we, we, look, we look at tight ends in two different lenses. <laughs> so a six six two fifty seven. So similar build to Widermeyer, but he's he's more fluid. He's quicker. His play speed's faster. Um, Spotted attempt against Oklahoma. His his red zone ability. He's got a big catch radius. He's a good blocker as well, and he's got really really good hands. And like we've said, comfort blankets for quarterbacks. He is Brock Purdy's comfort blanket. And he, he just stands out play after play. Like his highlight reel, he he's makes some incredible catches. Um, and his ball tracking ability is, is really, really good, both in the red zone and, and in open space as well. Um, he's a good blocker. So again, he's a dual threat uh, tight end. Um, with that size, he could be a little bit more fluid in the hips, but he's still... Once he gets top speed, he's he's quick. He's he's got he's got some wheels about him, and that's why uh, that was one of my obviously concerns about Widermeyer. So I really like him. Iowa State are one of the teams I think a lot of people are high on. With obviously see if Brock Purdy can can get back to where he was and Brees Hall. But I think for me, Charlie Kohler is the one I'll be watching in that offense more than anybody else. And yeah, all right then, Andy, go and hit me with why you really don't like him. He's just not an athlete, mate. He's just a big guy. That's all he is. <laughs> I, you know, when you kind of see those dogs, I've got too much skin, and it's like, <laughs> and you think like that doesn't look like a very good dog. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that when I pass a dog, but now I will <laughs> after after tomorrow. <laughs> you know, they're just like what's that old cartoon? He's called like Droopy Dog. Or, I don't know, yeah, Droopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's what I get. That's what I get with Charlie Cole. He's got a lot of puppy fat. It's not really an athlete for me. I, I don't deny that he's a fantastic pass catcher. I just think he could be so much more if he was more athletic. I think he could be even more dominant than he is now. I, I worry about the kind of competition he's going up against. Um, I'm kind of hoping that um, that he improve like that'll improve as you kind of see him going maybe for the conference title this year. We discussed that in the um, in our preview episode and thought that Iowa State would be in the mix. So. Interested to see how that goes. I'm just not like wowed by him. And again, we're, I think, do you know what, mate? If we hadn't said the names, we could be described like I, you could have described uh, Widemar and I could have described Coatlaw with our description. So I think they're very similar guys. I just prefer Widemar and Coatlaw. I, I think I did Coatlaw for our scouting pod last year when we thought he was going to declare. And I said, this guy is better to go back to college get in the weight room and, and just define himself as an athlete and become super do- dominant, then he'll come out and be the best tight end in the class. Haven't seen that yet. So if he does, we'll be shaking hands and agreeing. But I just, like, it's, it's just that for me. Like I hate it when guys don't like take advantage of all their physical tools. I think Carlo could be even better. That's my review there. <laughs> Do we set up our own WhatsApp group just for tight ends and just <laughs> yeah. literally Charlie Kohler and why do I watch every Saturday? And just, <laughs> so, like, I, t- I told you so, Andy. I was like, oh, I told you so, Raj. There you go. But they, it's, it's so interesting that very much like our wide receiver podcast, it's we've got such different views and it's it's really interesting to see how we view the position and what, what we like as a as a, as a our archetype of tight end. Yeah, that's it, man. And who's your underrated guy? Hit me with that. So my underrated is Isaiah Likely from Coastal. So if you want a home run vertical threat tight end, 
this is the guy like he has got wheels so get him in open space and uh, coastal were a lot of people's darlings last year and uh, i don't expect uh, i wouldn't expect much different from him this year actually he's six four but he has got speed to burn and there's there's multiple touchdowns of, of plus 50 yards of just some real home run playmaking ability um the, the issue is, is is his size and weight and he's not he's, he's purely going to be a, a pass catching tight end but he's not if you get him in space and you he's got he's got uh grass in front of him do not be surprised his yards after the catchability is probably the best within this class and he, he's potentially a matchup nightmare on that basis. Nice one. Yeah, it's a, a different shout. Um, I haven't really watched much of him. It's one of those ones, mate, where the, these teams got a lot of hype last year and I think that was because of like strength of schedule and stuff like that. I wonder if it'll like if all of the guys that are getting loads of hype from the Cincinnati's, your kind of uh, Louisiana's, your, your Coastal Carolinas, if those, and your Liberties, if those guys are going to continue on the upward trajectory that they currently are on with like a return to the normality. That's a big question mark for me, just in general, not with this, not with the one guy, um, just in general with all of these players. So interested to, to, to kind of hear whether you think that, that that's going to impact at all or, you know, are you kind of locked in as this guy's going to be a good draftable asset? Well, I think he's different from the other, the other sort of tight ends in this class where he's the only one with that home run ability. So, Defences will be much more aware, aware and sort of the, the coverage may be a little bit softer. And so he doesn't get that yards after the catch that he was able to get last year. But if he's able to do that this year, then teams are really going to fall in love with him as sort of that, again, like a hybrid wide receiver tight end, but with wheels as well. And I think um, that could be interesting. Awesome. All right, yeah, I've gone for a bit of a homer pick for me for, for my underrated guy. And that's Cam McDonald from Florida State. Um, six foot four, two hundred and forty-two pounds. Uh, very reliable pass catcher. But if you were to look at his stats, you'd say to me, Andy, this guy's hardly put any receiving yardage in his career. Got like two hundred fifty yards last year. Why are you going with him? And frankly, it's just because of the absolutely awful quarterback play we've had at, at Florida State for a few years. Last year, we ran the ball uh, like two thirds of the time and passed the third time. So. He hasn't had a great deal of opportunity in terms of uh, to showcase his skills. And so quite similar to some of the guys that got drafted from FSU, uh, like positions like defensive end uh, this year, very highly rated based on athletic profile, production at college level, not great. Cam McDonald's the same sort of guy. He's really athletic. He's a very good pass catcher. Um, he kind of, I think it was in the game against uh, North Carolina last year, came down with one kind of, he, he's got it back to the play and just, you know, like takes it over his head and lays out into the end zone for a fantastic touchdown. And, and that kind of just showcases all of his ability in one go, but then doesn't get targeted for another kind of couple of weeks or so because of the kind of poor quarterback play. So but McDonald's one that I'm interested to see if Mackenzie Milton benefits this year, because in reality, he's a kind of six to 800 yards a, a year sort of um, guy who's very competent at run blocking, very competent in the pass catching department should be drafted whether that kind of like, statistical production will impact him I, I don't know I think it might do 
but a bit like Trey McKitty, who ended up, he's got Georgia written on all of his profiles, but spent three years at Florida State. Same sort of guy, hardly any yardage, but you can just tell from the one-off players that you see, this guy could be something special if he's coached by the right person at the next level. Interesting. I thought you were going to mention uh, another tight end from that state, from uh, tight end you in uh, Will Mallory, but um, yeah. sticking sticking to your guy at FSU and uh, I'm sticking there, yeah, sticking. Just just one player we haven't mentioned, just to finish it off, who who, who really flashed at the back end of last season, um, but now he's going to be taking the tight end jersey at Ohio State, and that's uh, Jeremy Rackett. Don't yeah. know if you've done don't know if you've uh, done much film on him, but. What, just just quickly, what do you, what do you think? Is, is, is he the, the one that could be rising up the draft boards this year? Yeah, I think any kind of... If you're on a national championship team, which I really think um, this Ohio State team is again, I think then that kind of is your shop window for, to being like, you know, the, the way to the next level. I think we saw it, with, we've seen it with Alabama constantly. Not that those guys aren't good, but you know, it gets the conversation about them growing, doesn't it? So, yeah, in this instance, I think so. I must admit, I've not watched a load of tape. I don't know if you've watched any more. You can tell us a bit more about him as a player. But, yeah, I mean, anytime you're on one of these, like, high-octane offenses, you've got every chance of rising up craft boards, haven't you? Well, there isn't much tape on him because it was a dual-tight end um, rule, uh, room last year. Was it Luke Fackrell um, yeah. that, that was with him last year? So, now he's got the keys to that room. Um, and now... Uh, well, the thing is, their receiving core so so deep with Wilson and, yeah. and Alave. So I want to see a bit more production. But with a new quarterback at the helm, again, that might be his comfort blanket that he may rely on this year. So he's the one I'm really interested in because he's got the, the, the prototypical size and speed, six uh, size and weight, six five, two forty odd, um, and he's really he's really crisp in his route running, and he's a good blocker as well. So he's a dual, dual threat tight end, and he's the one that I'm. I'm keeping a close eye on to, to really sort of power up those draft boards. And I get, I get they sort of a Mark Andrews kind of vibe from him. And if he's got the production to match it this year, then yeah, he, he, he will be in the conversation of one of the top guys. Nice. I like that. And mate, that sounds like a good recommendation and very interesting. Again, that we had a, uh different guys up there but also we have the same guys just in different order and, and like different levels of hatred for, for, for the top top guys that we each had so interesting one mate yeah wrap us up and, and let's get out of here man yeah so uh andy do you want to give us your handle and where we can find you yeah can do mate uh, aj more 21 or dolphin uk underscore pod for dolphin stuff um mate college football nearly here let's get into it man let's enjoy it over to you so I'm on I'm, a, I'm on Twitter at the Garch. Um, just to plug our NFL draft guide, our full ten yards NFL draft guide. So we're doing a competition whereby a free draft guide is available. You're in the draw. Um, if you uh, sign up via email via our website, follow us by the via uh, Twitter and Instagram and retweet. Also subscribe via YouTube channel and then uh, like or follow us on Facebook. Uh, then you'll be in the draw for our digital copy of our draft guide. We know it's good. Andy and I, well, we know it's good. And so it's worth a comp- it's worth entering this competition. Um, and then, yeah, season starting, college football and NFL. And um, there, there will be a couple of articles coming out in the coming weeks where I will be looking at the rookies and how they've fared in OTAs and preseason because preseason is where they tend to shine. So uh, interesting articles can be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, great. So we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. 
and we will catch you soon where hopefully the college football season is shortly upon us. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards. Thank you for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Where we have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.